Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome, everybody. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin Wade, Jonathan Shippy Shipman, and Kevin KT Turner. All hands on deck in studio today for a Cowboys overreaction Monday. No! Cowboys lost to the Jets. 24-22 was the final. What? And the sky is falling. I do want to say this. I want to start by saying they're better than I thought they were. And, man, I'm probably going to lose that bet to Bassick. Because a $250 bet with Bassick that they wouldn't get five wins, they're pretty good. So listen, dude, the first text I got yesterday as the game was ending was Bassick going, I should have taken your money too. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he and, was texting me. It's very painful to he, read. So I thought you blocked him. But um, but the other thing that w- that really surprised me, there was a, you know, and, and I know uh, Brad mentioned this earlier. Broadus had been on the station saying this. Uh, Brad said Babe had been saying this. And KT was trying to tell this to you and me last week, Ben, that Sam Darnold made a huge difference. So them being very last in the NFL was the aberration. That's an outlier. That's not real. As soon as they get their quarterback back, they'll be much better. However, that's fine. That doesn't suddenly make them a good offense or a great offense. It's a better offense. Right. He they, was He was still, he had been gone for a long time. Yes. Even if he was great, I thought it would take a while to ramp up. Uh, and then beyond that, just seeing before the game, he had to wear a 10-man suit. Yeah. It's going to be hard to move around in that thing. I, I really thought the Cowboys would roll. I did, too. But it, ju- it just seems like everybody makes the Cowboys' defense look average to below average. Is that the biggest issue for you right now, is that this defense is nowhere near what we thought it was going to be? Man, the- there's so many issues. There's so many issues. But, yeah, I think that's probably the best place to start. This defense is not good. They're not an elite defense. They're not an elite team. They don't get sacks. They don't get turnovers. They don't get stops. These stud linebackers are not stud linebackers. It's like it's not anywhere near as good as I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, and even the sacks they got yesterday felt like coverage sacks. There was one in particular, the one where Quinn came back flying into the picture when Darnold held on to the ball too long. That was a covered sack. Um, but no, this was a team that was supposed to get pressure on the quarterback. This was a team that was going to be able to stop the run because they have two stud linebackers. And, man, I just – Cheeto is not quite as good as I thought he was, and I, I don't think Byron's as good as I thought he was. Maybe it's because there isn't enough pressure on the quarterback, but – I went into this season thinking they were in really great shape in the secondary. I love the linebacker situation, and I thought that this defensive line would come at them in waves, and none of that has happened. I think that this team is, uh, you know, kind of gets back. Yesterday was, I think, the nine-year anniversary of when I, who did I ask? I asked the craziest. Oh, Jay Ratliff. I asked Jay Ratliff. It it popped up on my Facebook page. Is this team undercoached or overhyped? Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves, and I, I should have died. He looked at me like he wanted to murder my soul. Uh, but it, that really is what it comes down to. Is this team undercoached or overhyped? Are they as good as we thought they were? 
or are they are yes they are that good they're just not coached well and you could make that case you could say okay the offense is still held back from Jason Garrett the defense looks like it needs the same updating and overhaul that the offense has needed and we thought what they were getting I mean if, if this is Marinelli or even if it's Richard or whatever it is they just there's no creativity to have Sam Darnold go, yeah, it's exactly what we thought. You didn't even make life hard for a young quarterback coming back from being gone for a month. He just was like, yeah, it's pretty much exactly what we thought. We we didn't see anything that surprised us. This defense is overhyped, and I'm guilty of overhyping them. A lot of people are, but I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, I thought this defense was way better. I really thought this defense was way better, and now I'm sitting here questioning the competency or ability of certain players that I thought, all right, we're in great shape here. And I'm really questioning all that now because we're six games into this thing, so you're beyond a you're beyond a third of the season. That's a you, you that's a that's an adequate sample size to go. Okay, I'm kind of now. I still think they can get better in certain areas, but I don't know that there's going to be some corner turned here. Now, having said all that, KT, I do think that if they had one of their offensive tackles and Cooper hadn't have gotten hurt, I think they win that game. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's where you get into, like, hey, the team was compromised a little bit. I, I don't – it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. You have to win that game. Everybody's There's so many teams who are banged up. Yeah. Uh, I, I got – you look around the league a little bit. Seattle had a tough game in Cleveland, lost their tight end to an Achilles. Well, they still won the game. Uh, the Saints went into Jacksonville, tough game. Mm-hmm. Still found a way. It was ugly, won the game. Cowboys have to win that game yesterday. If you want to be talked about with those guys, you're no longer on that tier – I'm guilty of it. I might have overhyped him. I thought on roster, on on paper, you know, things are a lot better. You know, you're probably not going to win a lot of games that Tyron and Lyle don't play. I right. mean, that's that's going to be the honest. But you know what? It's the offensive coordinator uh, or offensive you know, group, I guess, the collaborative group that's doing the offense. It's your job to make it easy. And it was quite clear to me that they weren't ready for that when on the first drive, knowing what Greg Williams' MO is, okay, mm-hmm. knowing what he does as a defensive coordinator, he's got a track record. He will bring the heat on you. Anything okay? second and third down more than six yards are getting blitzed. They're trying to run a double move on the first possession. And I was like, that's how I know they weren't ready to go. They were out-schemed. They were out-game-planned. They were out-prepared. That falls on the coaching. All, it all goes back to the coach. Look, it's 3-3 three and three again, guys. It's, it's October, and it's 3-3 three and three again. It's the third straight year this has happened. We're on a trend of making the playoffs, missing the playoffs. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, alternating years of making the playoffs. That ain't good enough in the National Football League. You got to you gotta make you, a change. You sound like a guy who's given up. Do you think the season's oh, over? They're, they're not making the playoffs. Oh! Dude, I'm not they, ready they, to they've, give up. Given, I still, I don't still, look at what the Eagles have at the end of the year. The Eagles have a cakewalk schedule at the end of the year. I yeah, still think no, no, no. There's I, no question. The Cowboys' schedule is ridiculous. They have the toughest schedule the rest of the way. They're, they're, there's holes, they're taking on water all over the boat, but I'm not ready to give up yet. It's no, too early. I still think they win the division. I think they beat Philly next week. I think they win the division and they make the playoffs. Now, I don't know that I'm feeling like they're going to go on some long playoff run, but last they're year... all of a sudden going to come out, have a good first quarter next man, week? Man, KT, last year... I mean, where are they going to pull on, that out of their Hold butt? on, last year they were 3-5 and five and everyone pulled up the schedule and said oh, there's no way... There's just no way, and I'm like, that's not the way the NFL works. Now, if you if you got, do you guys feel like this roster is not good enough? I don't know. That's where I am. I can't tell if they're undercoached or overhyped. But if you think that they're undercoached, then they do have the talent and making a switch. Look, I, I I want Garrett to be fired. I want Garrett to be gone. But it doesn't make sense to fire him right now. No, it and doesn't. I said if Garrett, no. I want Garrett fired. He can't come back on the team plane if they lose to the Jets. I didn't expect them to lose to the Jets. It's an embarrassing loss. But you can't fire him right now. You could fire him in the bye week. If you thought that 
if it's, you lose to the Eagles and you get routed? Yeah. If you lose to the Eagles and you're like, you know what? They've quit on Garrett. They're unemotional. They're not, they're, you know, and maybe letting Richard come in and coach will light a fire under these guys emotionally. If, if you think that's why they're, if you think that's your last chance to save the season, then you make that move. But I also think they know who they want to be their next coach if it's not Garrett. And that might complicate things. Okay, we're, we're going to get into the Garrett situation in the next segment. We'll play some of the audio from this morning. We'll talk about changes and all that. But before we go to that point, let's exhaust all these other things too. If they're not ready to go and they're not rallying, how much of that falls on Dak? Because I, for one, am someone who's been on the air touting him as one of the great young leaders and guys play for him and he brings everyone together. And man, I, I just, everyone's talking about how uninspired they're playing. Well, that's not... That's not all on the coaching staff. There was audio going around last week of Ben Bloom yelling at those linebackers saying, if you try to play like that in the game, Le'Veon Bell will run all over you. There was a play in the game where Sam Darnold completed a first down right over the middle, and I forget who it was. It was hanging on to the tight end, and Heath and I think Jordan Lewis were standing four yards away watching ready for the one guy to bring down the player as opposed to swarming to the ball and three guys tackling him. And that's what we had last year when the defense was really good. We talk about this, their willingness to swarm and everyone never stops and quits on the play. If you just go back and just look at individual plays, not every play, but there's plays where defensive players are slowing their mojo down and waiting for one guy to make the play. And that's indicative of a team that's just not dialed in. So yeah, I agree with you. And and if you like I was just watching a highlight behind you, and and part of this though is is injuries on the offensive side. Missing both tackles. That's massive. I was just watching the play where Amari Cooper goes up for a catch. You know, it's like the the last play he was in on. Mm -hmm. And both uh, tackles got beat. They met at Dak. They crushed Dak. Dak got hit all game. Dak lofted a ball up, but Amari Cooper's too hurt to even go up for it. I think injuries are a big part of this, too. Mm -hmm. But there's no excuse for the defense. Nope. The defense needs an overhaul. Yeah. The defense needs to be updated. I don't know. Is it all Marinelli? Is it too much stuck in Marinelli's old school is it didn't it wasn't Richard supposed to breathe new life into this thing, be a breath of fresh air? I'm just not seeing it. I, I think the Richard thing's interesting. At 11:40, I'm going to play you a piece of audio that'll make you think differently about the Chris Richard scheme, perhaps. Oh, I look uh, forward to but, that. But here's here's what I think. I, I think sometimes do messages do get old, and I think you do need to revamp that. Yes. I, I think let's let's look let's be reasonable here for a minute, okay? Because okay? I I just I'm a guy who five minutes ago said they're not going to make the playoffs. I think what I meant to say was, <laughs> I think what I meant to say was, they're not going to make the playoffs if they don't win the division. That's what bothers That's me. Right. You got out to a big start. You're not going to make the wild card in the NFC. The NFC is too loaded. You're not going to make the wild card. By the way, last year's NFC representative in the Super Bowl is three and three as well. Yeah. But you're not going to make the wild card if you don't win the division. Don't so you we need all, to beat the Eagles twice. We all agree one team from the NFC East makes the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. Do we all agree on yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you have to win your wild division. Wild cards out. I think it's probably going to be the Eagles, but I'm not ready to give up on the season. That's why this game is massive. It's massive for Garrett to save his job. It's massive to turn the season around to save the season. If they get destroyed by the Eagles, I could see Jerry making a change. I could see them firing Garrett midseason. Oh, if yeah. they get destroyed, especially considering yeah. the Eagles got beat by 18. Do you guys want to hear what Doug Peterson is saying today? Yeah, yeah I'd love to hear that. Why don't, why don't we throw that into the mix as we talk about what happened yesterday and look, look forward to next Sunday. That's Sunday night game. Listen to what Doug Peterson is saying. Is this on the whip, uh, Shippy? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. 
I know the sky's falling outside. Yes. You know, it, it's it's falling, and and I get that. And the fans are 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 reeling just a little bit. But you know, we we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play. And we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. We're right where we need to be. Has it been perfect or beautiful or all of that? No. But all we got to do is try to be one and zero this week. Beat the Dallas Cowboys. We're in first place. And, and listen, they're they're. They're reeling too. I mean, they're struggling too. They've dropped their last three games. So uh, this will be uh, this will be an exciting football game. You sound very confident about Sunday, Doc. I have to be. I am. I I I, I see when I watch the tape. I put the tape on and I go, okay. The, there's there's coachable moments and there's teachable moments on the tape that that we can get better at as a, as an offense and as a defense. And and uh, I'm also you know op- uh, optimistic that some of our you know injured players in the secondary will will <laughs> make a return this week and and, and we'll see um but yeah i'm i gotta stay positive not only for myself but uh for the for the for the guys in the locker room you know it's just funny there's a lot of things he says you go all right that's bs but then it really comes down to the way you say things a lot of times because just compare and contrast that we'll do it in the next segment to what you got out of garrett this morning now i know doug's won a super bowl and it's different you have a a longer leash and all those types of things but, I mean, that's just so different from the way Garrett pauses two seconds and then says the same thing he's always said. That's a guy that's actually having a conversation with you about what's in front of you. And it just inspires a different kind of confidence in fans and, and all those kinds of things. And you said it earlier, KT, the simple fact of the matter is is that Garrett doesn't have enough important wins on his resume to justify a 10-year-old message. And that's where the Cowboys are right now. And the Joneses chose to give him one more year. He had one more year left on his deal. It doesn't make sense to abandon ship now. You have to have a series of just catastrophic disasters because we all know it's very, very possible. I haven't looked at the line yet that the Cowboys go win a home game against the Eagles and they're right back in the driver's seat and then everybody feels different. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, thank you, Shippy. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Look, I know everybody's in a bad mood. They're uh, they're angry, they're frustrated, but we're not going to let that stop us from giving you a chance to win $1,000 every single hour. So make sure and listen. We haven't done it yet in the 10 o'clock hour. You never know. We're going to give you a word. You're going to text it in, and you're going to have a chance to win $1,000. So we still got your back on that. Lots to get to. Travis Frederick will call in here in 20 minutes. Stephen Jones at noon, on and on and on. In a second here, Ben thinks that the Cowboys might be closer to bringing in a new coach, and he'll tell you who that is. But let's get to some of the, let's just say, tense moments uh, that was going on earlier today when the 8.30 call-in from Jason Garrett happened on the, the Sean and RJ show. Now, people are always like, why didn't you ask this, and why didn't you ask this? And a lot of times those questions are answered They're just not asked in an angry tone. And the fans want you to go and attack people because everybody's angry and everybody's frustrated. Uh, The level of level-headedness after Cowboy game just doesn't exist. But these, these things are getting really bad. And so the questions this morning I thought were excellent. 
But Garrett's not going to give you much. Here's an example. Uh, the very first clip, Shippy, Garrett's asked, do you feel like this team is underachieving? Well, obviously, we didn't get the job done yesterday, and that's really what, what the focus needs to be uh, right now. Um, and, uh, and that's what we'll be when our guys come in, come in today. We'll, uh, we'll, clean up, uh, we'll clean up the game and we'll get our eyes forward. And, uh, you know, it's as simple as that. We didn't get the job done, and, and, and we have to get ready for that next challenge. Okay, so that's what he normally says, blah, blah, blah. We get that. But let's crank the ante up a little bit, and let's jump to this third question. This is, you're going to hear the question in this, but this is about the video that was circulating, Ben, that we had mentioned in the cross where guys are uh, walking by him without giving him a high five. Coach, there's a video circulating of, of you offering a low five to the defense as they're coming off the field and, and nobody kind of responding to it and, and, and not reciprocating with a, a high five, if you will. Do you feel the players are still responding to your message? Yeah, again, obviously we didn't play well enough in the first half, and uh, and I thought we did a better job in the second half. I thought they responded really well. We made stops on defense, and we made plays on offense. It just wasn't just wasn't enough. Uh, so we, we just have to dig back in as a team and, and keep fighting, keep battling, and, and get ready for this next challenge. What? Garrett is an impenetrable wall. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, give RJ uh, and Sean que- uh, credit for asking the tough questions. Uh, they did a good job. I mean, it was almost as if, you know, every single disgruntled Cowboy fan and every single thing they wanted to say to Garrett's face, they did it. And they did it in a professional way, but they represented all those thoughts and feelings. So to the first question, is this team underachieving? Hell yes, it's underachieving without question. You just got you just got pounded, really. Uh, you fought your way to get back into this, but by the freaking Jets, the lowly Jets. Now I get it; their their good young quarterback came back, and he's a lot better than I gave him credit for. But is is he that good? I mean, is is he the MVP of the league, or does your defense suck? Uh, the, yes, you're underachieving big time. And then in terms of the low five, it was one clip coming off the field and it's you know guys coming off the field I, I think they're more disappointed and, and upset with themselves for 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 the way that things are going I I don't know don't read into that that's crap if you have a Garrett cam the whole game and he goes to shake hands and somebody pulls their hand back and acts like they're moving their hair back on their helmet or something and they're like <laughs> giving him a wedgie on the sideline or something like that then maybe there's something to that but you know my son, my sweet, sweet boy, he's 14, and he came into me. He goes, Dad, Dad, breaking news. Did you hear this? I go, what? He goes, all the players were snubbing Garrett on high fives during right. the game. I'm like, <laughs> okay, son, well, here's how media works. And I, right. we looked at the highlight. It's like, dude, there's one, maybe two guys, and they just don't see him. And that's really – they're not focused on getting over the sideline and dapping up Garrett. That's this not is what their priority catching is. Catching their breath. And, and this, this is Malik Collins is one of them. It's like he's catching his breath. Yeah, and they're disappointed. This is the horrible nature of social media because I'm sure you guys saw it on your timeline. There was all this uh, sentiment about that and all these people pushing that and talking about that and acting like it was this huge thing. And, hey, this is proof of all this stuff. And it reminded me, quite frankly, of the Amber Geiger case where in the first 24 hours there was so much information that people were going around sure. and repeating as fact that just simply wasn't accurate. Yeah. And so some person starts a tweet and all these people start reacting to it and acting like it's real. And look, it's not. It's just one clip. Again, there's probably a jillion clips. And that's why I think Garrett reacts in, his, in the way he does. 
I think it's bad. I'd much rather him react the way Peterson does. He could have he's basically just ignoring your question and giving you a program response. But where it gets really interesting to me is let's just listen to this at the very end. Clip number fifteen. How concerned are you about your job status? I don't really think about that. I just want to make sure I do everything I can every day to do my job as well as I can do it. That's it. Totally gives you. And then you could hear him kind of vomiting as he hung up. As he hung up the phone and walked away. I mean, I I don't know what else Sean and RJ could do to make the guy say something that he he knows what he's going to say. He's going to say it. Heck, he's not even going to answer the question directly if he doesn't like the question. He's just going to say we got to do heart better and blah, blah, blah. And, man, that's a skill. Uh, You know, I, I know it drives us crazy in the media, but what is there to be gained by bowing up on the radio? Nothing. You're giving fans what they it's It's the same. Like we always tell pro athletes, don't respond to trolls on social media. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. They're trying to draw you off sides. Sean and RJ aren't trying to be trolls, but they're asking all the questions that Cowboy fans want to hear. Uh, and those are the questions that all, you know, some trolls, some non-trolls want to hear. So you're trying to draw Garrett off sides and you can't, you know, it's boring. I get it. It's programmed responses, but it's kind of what you want your head coach to be. It's kind of what you want him to do in this situation. You don't want him to fly off the handle. He's like, he can't handle his emotion. And all of a sudden he's got to defend himself to the trolls. Whatever happens will not happen on the radio during an interview. It'll happen in the locker room or it won't. There's no built up equity though. Is is the problem to me. Like I, and I agree with that, but like he has built up no equity with the fan base because he's had this for years. He's the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you could be a funny guy away from away from football or a smart guy. I, I, I know this. I know this for a fact. Jason's an interesting person I agree. away from football. I know you should talk to enough people that know that. Like, Dude, I, we play I, he's that. just the equity with the fan base, media, whatever you want to say, it's gone. And that's why I asked questions like, will his equity with the team run out? Hasn't yet. We, but listen, we played this clip. The air. We played this clip last summer of him talking at that Princeton forum away from fans, away from media, and he gave an incredible response about about what Justin Durant was dealing with during that season. And he told the story. It was interesting. He was passionate about it, and it was different than anything any of our listeners have ever heard in any press conference or any Monday morning Jason Garrett stuff. He just this is how he's going to go about it. This is what he's going to do. And that's fine. You can do, and it's a better version of Belichick. Like, at least he's not a jerk about it. Yeah. But you need to win at a high level for that to resonate with people. Right. Because if not, it just wears everybody down. But has it hurt him? It hadn't hurt him. He's he's been able to keep his job. Mm -hmm. He's had a bunch of mediocre seasons in there in the mix for 500 seasons. And Mm -hmm. overall, he's he's done a good job, I guess, if you just look at the win-loss record. But, but. He, it hasn't hurt him to be that way. And he'd go get another job. He wouldn't be like Linehan out of the league. He would ha- get another job. The other thing head is, coach, but he'd get a job. Right. if he is more of what the fans want and he comes on the air and he's trashes players or whatever, then he loses the locker room. To this point, he hadn't lost a locker room. But there's a clip no. where a guy didn't high-five him. Right. He hadn't lost the locker room yet. They haven't quit on him, which has been his greatest success. And uh, probably his bigger success, actually, than that is in times of uh, – you know, where there's a tragedy, he's really good at leading them through that. Right. You know, he really responds and can lead the guys in that. And they haven't quit. So it hasn't hurt him that he's not affable, that he's not likable, that he doesn't care about the media or, the, you know, the interaction. He's just, he's a robot, but it hadn't hurt him. So I have a no. question. Do you guys think Michael Gallup's career is done? No. He had three drops yesterday. Is his career game. over? Okay. 
Um, there were two plays that happened back-to-back that defined that game. They went for it uh, on whatever it was or at the eight-yard line. Which I supported, by the way. I did, too. They went for it instead of kicking the field goal, and on the very next play, uh, the Jets scored a 92-yard touchdown. On the very next play. Uh, those two plays pretty much define the game. Because we can talk about why they did or didn't go for it or whatever. I'm kind of convinced that the reason they went for it is because they thought without their tackles, Namari Cooper is going to be a very long day. And once they got down there, they had to get touchdowns. I think that's why they do it. Otherwise, if they were confident that they would move the ball all day, they take three and move on to the next situation. I think they were going for it because of what Jerry had said. He wants them to score touchdowns, not rely on field goals. I think it was more of that. That's I, think, I think this is more of a long, a longer-term shift in philosophy. We've seen them go for it a lot more on fourth and ones and things like that. Be a little more aggressive, do a little things that, that maybe not – they haven't done in the past. Do we, I, I, do we, that, no, I had a problem with the play call. <laughs> do we? I, I had a problem with the play call in third and one. Do we agree if they take the, would that be a 22-yard field goal there and put those three points on the board, they likely win that game? Maybe. I think they do. Maybe. I think I think the change, I mean, the game changes probably, yeah. I don't the game know. changes a little bit. It's tough to say. It's I mean, a long day. You know, I, an, another issue, it, you look at that 92-yard touchdown, it's like, Good God. Cheeto okay. got destroyed. Cheeto got destroyed, but where was Heath? You know, Heath wasn't there. There was no help. There was no safety. And, dude, I thought Xavier Woods was going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. What has he done? He I mean, was it's, playing strong safety on that play. Uh, right. I'm not talking about on that play. Oh, okay. I'm talking about in general. That was Heath on yeah. that play. Uh, and Cheeto got roasted and kind of slipped and fell. But where's the safety play been? Like, I don't know the area in which I have the most confidence of the Cowboys' defense. Secondary's bad. The linebackers are bad. The pass I, rush is bad. The interior line is bad. Quite honestly, I still think it's the defensive line. I think it's pretty week to week. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I don't think Tank gets shut out this year. Um, uh, Ty- Tyrone Crawford is hurting bad. Yeah, boy, he looks like he's at fifty percent out there. I mean, he you just watch him like he, he's he's gimping around and uh, it's, 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 right. it's, it looks bad. So. They start to worry if it's one of those years where guys are hurt, and it's like, hey, maybe you're good enough to have a winning record, but not good enough to make the playoffs, like 2017. I want to get to this. So the idea of firing Garrett. Um, and so I was talking to somebody who has knowledge of the way that the Cowboys think. I'll just put it like that. And, you know, I, I think that the best-case scenario, I think the Cowboys want Jason Garrett to succeed. I think that's first and foremost. They want Garrett to succeed. But if it doesn't, I think their number one – candidate to replace him is Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. I think they want Lincoln Riley okay and that said let's say that you fire Garrett in the bye week and Chris Richard takes over and it's a positive mm-hmm. like they do they do they respond a little bit but whatever the season fizzles out I don't think this team's going to win a Super Bowl but whatever happens it does that complicate things then if you know, if Rashard earned the right to come back and remain your head coach, does it make it harder to hire Lincoln Riley at that point? If would Lincoln ele- Riley wanted this, Lincoln apparently Lincoln Riley responded to the Redskins rumors that the Redskins wanted him to be their next head coach, and he was apparently went ahead and addressed it and said he wasn't interested. Right? Would Lincoln Riley be interested in the Cowboys? Well, let me ask you guys this: Sean McVay is three and three, and you don't think his seat is hot? There's two teams in his division that are better than the Rams. They are. Mm-hmm. If you've watched any of these games, the Rams are not as good as Seattle, and they are not as good as the Niners. So I don't think at the rate they're going, I think the Rams are going to have a tough time making the playoffs. Just look at their schedule. If they don't get better, yeah. If they don't get better. 
So do you think Lincoln Riley's ever going to get run out of Oklahoma making all the money he's making in the Big 12 where maybe UT might get it together one day? He is in the national picture, the national championship picture every single year, making a ton of money, looking at the life Barry Switzer led. Stoops left on his own terms. So I don't know how Lincoln Riley is wired, but I do know he's probably looking around going, well, wait, wasn't Kellen the golden boy and wasn't Sean McVay the golden boy? I will always be the golden boy here if if something goes wrong for a heisman candidate they just transfer here (laughs) like i don't know i don't know how he's wired i know if it was me ben i in the dallas cowboys came calling i'd be i'd be at the star in five minutes i know i'm wired that way i don't know how that guy is wired but that is a perpetual golden parachute there uh, at OU. And your scenario that you drew up there, Ben, it's very easy. It's just like, all right, whatever, Richard. Because if that's the guy you covet, then it doesn't matter who's interim this year. You tell him, well. hey, listen, this is you're going to be our interim coach. We've got our eye on a guy. We want you to come back. Chance, you'll be one of the guys we're seriously thinking about keeping as well. You'll run the defense full autonomy. But but actually, it does... Do you, does Richard, do Marinelli and Richard, are they in good standing? Should they be in good standing? I don't Why know. Why in the hell would they be? I don't know. I, 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 I'm telling you, in about an hour, I'm going to play a piece of audio that's going to make you question a lot of things about the defense. All right, text in 877-881-1053. How interested would you be in Lincoln Riley coming here? Do you think Garrett gets fired in the next couple weeks? We'll take some calls later in the show. It is an overreaction Monday. Coming up next, we're going to have our buddy Travis Frederick joining us, and we'll get his thoughts on all this. Travis Frederick is next. Snap count on my mind, Romo hand on my butt. I'm the center, and that's what's up, yeah. I touch the ball on every play, and if you see me coming at you, it's time to pray. I got a big beard and a real mean streak. In the bedroom, I'm a super freak. I once ate a whole honey-baked ham. Ask a DT who the f*** I am. My name is Frederick. Yeah, Travis Frederick. (laughs) My name is Frederick. Yeah, Travis Frederick. (laughs) Ah, yes, again, Dr. Pepper and Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, making it possible for us to talk to Travis Frederick. Travis, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're doing good, as you know, in cowboy land. You've been around here long enough to know that uh, if you're on a win streak, we're planning parade routes, and if you guys are on a losing streak, (laughs) the sky is falling. So uh, let's just start by uh, talking about the Jets. Um, What did they do defensively that uh, caused problems for you guys? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I think they came in with a really good game plan uh, to try and stop what we had going on. They played... A lot of uh, their what we call diamond fronts where they put a guy on each of the offensive linemen and then uh, a couple of guys back in the linebacker level, um, including one of those being a safety. And um, the way that they were doing that um, didn't allow some of the the runs that we had originally planned um, to to go. So we had to make some adjustments there. And uh, I think you saw in the third quarter there that things were able to uh, open up a little bit for us and we were starting to figure it out a little bit. But um, by that time, I think we were a little bit a little bit too far behind. Um, so I think that that was really good, and they did a good job of getting an extra guy into the box um, as much as they could, even though they generally play uh, more of a shell-type coverage. Do you guys always know when Greg Williams is bringing pressure? I mean, just based on how many times you've gone up against him and tendencies, and, all right, second and six. Here come, I mean, do you, do you just know at this point? You do get a lot of uh, tendencies and stuff. Uh, we get reports on that throughout the week. 
Um, so you do your best, but those are just that. They're just tendencies. So it's hard to say, okay, it's it's second and six in the middle of the field. This is when uh, cover zero pressure is coming. You know, um, you be alert for it, and you make sure you put a plan together to handle that if it does come. But it it's it is difficult to predict specifically on each play. Speaking of uh, predicting, uh, you know, when we talked to you after the Saints game, I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, you know, here, but it but kinda, you're going to. Well, but I'm going to go ahead <laughs> okay. and do that. I got the sense that you were saying they kind of felt like uh, maybe they knew when you guys were running certain plays, or maybe they were on you guys a little bit, and they'd obviously studied and, and done their homework. Do you did you feel like th- there was more of that from the Jets, whereas they knew what you guys were doing? I don't think so. Um, I think that was more specifically the Saints, um, and it wasn't necessarily what play we were running. It was like it was the fact that we were running or were passing. I think a little bit, um, but as far as the Jets go, I think that they just had a, a game plan in place to to do their best to stop that. I think that they said, okay, well, here's how we're going to defend the run, and we're going to let the guys in the back try and defend the pass, and and. Uh, they just they ran their system with a few tweaks, and you know they were able to to take advantage of that. You know, one of the things that you hear after a game, and I realize emotions are raw on those things, but mm-hmm. talking about uh, we really got to buckle down now, and some of those types of things. And I guess my question is, do you feel in the last couple weeks that you guys haven't been as dialed in as you should have been? You know, I don't I don't think so. Um, that's easily one of the places that you point. You know, I had somebody ask me yesterday in the locker room about lack of preparedness um and it really made me think there that you know there is a completely different viewpoint from the outside you know from from a fan's perspective or even you know from your perspective as somebody that that covers us um there's a perspective that these games all tie together and that if these streaks are happening that you know there's something happening in general with all three of those games but I think the better way to look at that is that there are three very specific games and that each week um, is independent of the other three so it's not like the last three weeks you know we've been rolling out of bed and, and not paying attention at practice or anything like that you know they've been good weeks of practice it's just on game day when things hit um, you know we're just not able to execute at the level we want to and the defense has been able to um, do some things to, to slow us down. So uh, you'll probably uh, get enjoyment out of this just because it'll probably make you chuckle. But uh, my son came into me late last night and goes, Dad, Dad, did you see it? It's all over the Internet. News is breaking. I was like, what is it, son? He said, the Cowboys weren't giving Jason Garrett high fives on the sideline. Uh, and there was one clip where uh, Garrett was trying to give – who was it that was coming off the field? Um, I thought Malik Collins. Malik Collins yeah, yeah, Malik Collins was going off the field, and he kind of had a low five, and Garrett was kind of – Holding out the low five, but he was also watching the field. Malik Collins is catching his breath, coming off the field, and he didn't dap him up. And they just caught it on an isolated camera. And so would you like to give us the final stats on how many low fives were given and how many were not given? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> if I had to predict that the number, the percentage of fives, high or low, <laughs> that were given, I would guess probably 50%. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, is that now? Is that, that seems be, low. Is that, that's low now. Is that because guys are sending a message? Well, I think, I think really it's you're very tired when you're coming off the field, and uh, whether you have to take an extra two steps to get closer to give somebody a high five or not, um, can sometimes be an effect on that. And sometimes you don't see it. There's there's multitude of reasons why you may or may not uh, indulge in the five. 
process. So in order to get up to 90% and for Garrett to regain the locker room, does he need to come to you guys as you're walking off the field to make a better effort to make sure to stop you to force a high five? Uh, I suppose that would be one way of, of doing that. Um, you know, it depends on the situation coming off. You know, if things are celebratory, that's one thing. If things, you know, hadn't been going so well, it's it's a whole nother. So, um you know, I, I'm not exactly sure, um, but maybe that will be in his game plan this week is is to maybe come towards the players a little bit more. Uh, Travis Frederick joining us here on the Ben and Skin Show, and I believe this is brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, and Dr. Pepper, a delicious soda that people enjoy. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't have copy in front of me. That's really good. So um, you've been here during bad times, you've been here during good times. And obviously, like the year before uh, you guys drafted Zeke, when Romo got hurt and it was uh, not a fun year, you know what the mood of the locker room is like during that time, and you know mm-hmm. what the mood of the locker room is like when you guys are 13-3. and three. Right. So where are we on the spectrum here? What is what does this moment feel like collectively? Oh, you guys are different. You all have different personalities. Right. But collectively, what is this moment like for you guys? Honestly, it feels somewhere in the middle of those two, you know, maybe directly in the middle. You, know, you can tell that there's a seriousness. Um, guys realize the gravity of the situation and, and the fact that we've lost three games now uh, in a row. But we also have guys in our locker room that understand that it's a long season and, you know, things can go either way. Um, so we, we know that we have to get some things fixed and, and obviously play better, but in general, I think there still is optimism. I think that there still is a hardworking attitude. There's guys that uh, care about each other and want to play for each other. So um, I think you can see a little bit of both of those is that you you know that it's serious and you know that things aren't going right. Um, but it's more, I would say, optimistic about how to get it fixed. So Dak, I, I read a tweet from old Bobby Bell. Dak was hit eight times uh, during the game, according mm-hmm. to NFL statistics. And, uh, uh, I think three of the biggest ones, two of them were outside of the pocket, and those are difficult. And obviously you guys were sh- were shorthanded, missing your two starting tackles. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. But on a day like that, uh, are you guys aware uh, that Dak's getting hit and, and, and taking a beating back there? And is, is anything ever said? I think you're aware of it. Um, as far as something being said, you know, we know how tough Dak is, and Dak isn't going to – he's not the type that's going to come up to us and, and say – Hey, you guys suck, and uh, you know you need to really step it up. We we understand that things um, aren't going well sometimes, and sometimes it's a matter of the situation, like you said. Sometimes it's out of the pocket, sometimes it's late in the down. Um, you know, obviously we want to try and keep them clean as much as we can, but um, there are situations that occur that 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 happens, and you know that's one of the things that we appreciate most about Dak is that he's one of those people that will continue to instill confidence no matter what the situation is. You know, he may have gotten hit or got a roughing the passer on him um, where he really took a nasty hit and he's just going to pop right back up and he's going to, you know, be looking forward. And I think that that's super helpful um, for everybody on the team. All right. So if you were to leave this, maybe you're going up to the star today for treatment or something. I'm not sure of your schedule. You didn't text it to me yet. He's there right now. Yeah. Okay. So when you leave the star, and what if every single Cowboy fan was outside your car, blocking your car, and they demanded answers, what would you say to them to allow them to let you into your car so you could drive off peacefully? I would take a car sharing service out the back door. <laughs> oh, just, I thought it was leave no car behind. What happened uh, to no, that? No, I would absolutely leave my car in an instant in that situation. <laughs> it's, it's safe here, uh, I think. 
Well, I, I guess my my the, perhaps that scenario was too <laughs> oh, elaborate. Okay, right. What is your message to angry cowboy fan? And I think it's it's keep the faith. It's have faith. Know who the guys are that we have in the locker room. Um, know that there's talent across the board, and uh, we have guys that really care about each other and really want to win and we're working on it and we're trying to get it fixed and uh, we will get it fixed at some point we we just got to figure out um, what the situations are that that need addressing travis did you ever get around to watching breaking bad i loved breaking bad yeah absolutely you should uh, watch uh, i know you don't have a lot of time i mean you have a day off tomorrow right you watch, you sort should uh, go watch el camino el camino have you the, heard of the have Camino? You, have you heard about the Camino? <laughs> uh, you know, I heard that it is a movie that stars uh, Jesse Pinkman. I think that's his name. That's correct. Yes, and uh, is in the Breaking Bad series or in the in that universe. I guess yeah. I should say. I don't know if it where it falls in the in the progression of things. But I thought Breaking Bad was one of the best um, television shows. Um, I, don't, I don't watch very many, but I watched that one. I thought it was really good. Sir, we need to tip our caps to you as well because you, you did it again with another awesome charity event, uh, Blocking Out Hunger, your charity, uh, Travis Frederick Foundation. Um, you had another fantastic event. Your teammates were all there supporting you, and you raised a lot of money to fight uh, childhood hunger. So kudos to you, sir. How would you feel about your event? Thank you. And uh, I felt pretty good about it. I was really excited about the, the amount of support that we got, um, both financially, but also just the, the people that were there. And um, I have to say, it, it, it wouldn't be that way without Ben and Skin being the, uh, the MCs. And I really do appreciate you guys coming out and doing that. And even KT was on the premises um, during the event. So. Yeah, he's <laughs> weird. Well, yeah. Wow. You didn't, you didn't, wow. No, I'm wow. kidding. We're having fun. Uh, but, we? but yeah, it was, a, it was an unbelievable night. Um, and just to see the outpouring of support um, from the people here in the DFW area that, that really care, um, it really helps to you know, ease the, the pain of a loss. I posted this on Instagram on my Big Ben Rogers account on Instagram, and when I got to the event, you were being interviewed by two people, and they both looked like they were standing on your shoes. They were. They were so close to you. They were invading my space. They were so close to you. It was, and, and so I came in with my phone camera, and I just got right next to your. I think I touched your beard, and I showed it to my wife. She was like, "Wow, it didn't even impact him." I could see you mid-answer. You started to crack up and laugh. But uh, how were you able to maintain focus during that close-up camera yeah, shot? That's tough. And actually, uh, you know, yours wasn't even the worst when you actually touched me with it. I, I'm not generally a close talker. It makes me uncomfortable to be that close to people. And both of the people that were interviewing me at that point were being very close talkers. I mean, we're talking within, you know, probably six inches of my, you know, my bubble. Um, so I, I just was uncomfortable. And uh, that helped me put a little smile on my face. Like you said, it cracked up a little bit, um, which helped because I didn't know where I was going with the answer um, because I was, <laughs> all I could think about was trying to back away from these people. <laughs> You're used to operating in close quarters, but even that wasn't enough. Hey, Travis, thank you for joining us. And do us a favor, go tell everybody over there to just be better, man. I think that'll solve everyone's problems. All right, I will, uh, I'll pass on the message that Skin says. Thank to you, be dog. Better. Love you, man. All right, love you guys. There he goes, Travis Frederick, every Monday, courtesy of Miller Light and Dr. Pepper. Hey, man, where's Fortnite? Man, I just where? No, I like that question. Can we get Travis back on? I'd like for him to answer that. Fortnite's uh, gone right now, and I'd like to. Travis, right, we're not going anywhere till Travis gets back on. <laughs> Travis, you did this, Shippy. No, Shippy, you did this. Uh, <laughs> this is your doing. You make this happen. <laughs> All right, we're late for a break. Coming up next, we'll talk to the NFL right here on the fan. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.